On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got the pleasure of talking uh, with somebody who has become a friend of mine, Andrew Mikowski from Gilson Snow. Absolutely amazing conversation with him. Uh, we talked about something that we've never talked about before on this podcast before, and that is licensing deals. They have done some massive licensing deals with the NHL, with Transformers. I believe he said that he did 20 licensing deals last year alone. It's just a really great conversation around licensing, how they can really just absolutely blow up a brand. I'm going to re-listen to this episode again because I really think that licensing is one of those untapped areas for a lot of brands out there. So stay tuned. I think you guys are going to love this one. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Andrew, welcome to Secrets to Scaling. Uh, you and I have become, uh, I'd say, almost friends. Soon, it'll be we'll be considered friends. It's like you know that uh, the beginning stages here. So it's just it's so fun to have you on the podcast. Uh, for people who don't know you, tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Nice. Well, yeah, pleasure to be on the show here, Jordan. Uh, Andrew Mikowski, I am the Chief Revenue Officer and one of the partners over at Gilson Snow, which is one of the fastest growing ski and snowboard companies uh, in the country and, and in the world, actually. Cool, cool. That's great. Do you mind just walking us through a little bit of Gilson and, and a bit of your story? I'd, I'd love for our listeners and, and even for myself, um, I'm super interested in hearing kind of where you guys came from and, and a couple of stories along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a company that just has such a cool story. If you look at it, Gilson was started by two middle school science teachers out of the classroom in Nashville, Tennessee, which is just wild. That's about eight years ago now when Nick and Austin, the founders of the company, were teaching middle school science and they were teaching to an inner city school in a classroom with kids with backgrounds of all different kinds reading at all different levels. And they were trying to teach to this really standardized curriculum and it just, it just wasn't working. Right. So they turned to hands-on learning as a way to bring the class together. And in an act of solidarity, they kind of jumped on board with the students and said, we're going to do our own passion project, right. And in, in hands-on learning. And it just had to be something that they were interested in and that had to do with science. So what a cool way to tie those things in. And they visited an idea that Nick had when he was growing up, when he was really his student's age, right? So growing up in uh, the Northeast, he had made boats and catamarans and surfboards and everything that he built really had, it used fluid dynamics. So there was three dimensions to it, right? And his idea was, can we make snowboards, which have always had a flat base to them. Is there, is there any benefit to using these three dimensions? Like all these other, uh, all these other things had. So the idea of a three-dimensionally based snowboard, something that he made his prototypes when he was, you know, 12 years old is a project that they, they jumped into with the kids. 
Wow. That's so cool. I mean, like, yeah, there's so many thoughts going through my head right now because I just, I love invention. I love figuring out these different things. Anyway, enough of my thoughts. I want to hear. So where, where did it go from there? Yeah. So from there, uh, from a class project that after, you know, a couple of failures, they came up with a design that they took out to Colorado and tested on the mountain. And people were just like, oh my goodness, I've never felt anything like this before, right? It was something different than than folks had felt on snow. And so Nick and Austin kind of looked at themselves and said, hey, you know, let's do this. Let's let's go ahead and start a company. And, uh, you know, they looked at their bank accounts and they said, okay, we've got enough money to have two months rent in Colorado where a snowboard company, you know, should be from, yeah, should yeah, be yeah. from. <laughs> uh, and two years rent out in central Pennsylvania where Austin had grown up. So he said, you know, let's go up to Pennsylvania, right? So they they moved on up to Pennsylvania and literally started making snowboards in a donkey stable right next to a donkey. So, you know, they've got a CNC machine next to a donkey. They're hiking out every day back and forth, no running water. And that's where they started making these minimal viable products, right? They started making snowboards uh, in the middle of rural Pennsylvania, just wild, right? And from there, they, they really just started getting, you know, honing in on some of these processes, getting a little bit better. They purchased a, a 1976 Airstream and that's kind of how it got started. So they, they took this Airstream really from mountain to mountain that winter with their truckload of snowboards that they had built and really be started becoming uh, grabbing customer feedback, right? So any mountain that would have them and allow them to be there, uh, they would tow this Airstream too and they'd, they'd have people out for demos and say, you know, what do you think? And it just what a cool way to get really close to the customer. And, and that's something that at Gilson, it's really been ingrained in the DNA since day one is, yeah. is just that really tight tie into customers. Yeah, that's so cool. I love the Airstream idea too. Like, <laughs> that's just that's just such a great look, right? To for people to see as well. So, where did it go from there? I, I'd love to know when, sort of, when you you know uh, got into the company, and and I know that you guys have seen quite a bit of growth. I'm really looking forward to talking about a couple of the ways that you guys have seen growth, and and really looking forward to that. But can you sort of finish the story off for me? Yeah, you bet. So, I mean, in, in those early days, we're, we're just constantly customer feedback, really talking, staying really close to the rider community, and then going back and, and continuing to further the product, right? And we learned pretty early on, we we're having these amazing customer interactions, but just there wasn't that many of them, right? You have one Airstream going all the way around the country, that's not touching yeah. that many customers. So we learned early on that we really needed to focus on capturing that content and then the value of that, and then really amplifying that out to the larger digital audience that's out there. So as we got better and better at product and we're delivering snowboards that really started becoming world-class, you know, we, we uh, went to basically, you know, Nick and Austin went to a hundred retailers and said, uh, take a look at this new design. Isn't this cool? And they said, well, yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, how many have you sold? And they said, well, you know, not many. We're just getting started. And, uh, you know, the, the answer was the same everywhere. There's a door. Don't let it hit you in the butt on the way out, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it really forced them to uh, go direct to consumer. And, and that's kind of been one of the, the best things that happened early on for the company was it just it was made just out of necessity, too. Right? Exactly. Like, it was direct to consumer because the retailers are like, no, <laughs> we'll <laughs> pass. Right. 
That's right, right? <laughs> so it, it made us really focus on, on getting close to the customer, understanding what they want. And, and kind of in the middle there, I, I kind of got hooked in with the company. I, you know, I, I've got a background. I spent a career in, in sales and marketing for you know, a Fortune 200 software company before getting into the startup world. And really just by a chance meeting, I've, I, my wife and I were living in Colorado for 10 years you know, skiing and snowboarding has been a big part of our lives. And it, it wasn't until uh, moving out to rural Pennsylvania, where my wife is from, uh, that we kind of just bumped into the snowboard company. And uh, the more we got to know each other and uh, each other's backgrounds, what they were doing there, it, it came, you know, it was a good fit to come on board kind of first of as, as an advisor and then eventually uh, as we sold our last company as a partner. And so that's been the last four four years or so here. And uh, what fun it's been. I mean, uh, like you said, it's it's a company where just constant growth and you know, everything that goes along with that. And, and when you're dealing with a company that's doubling and tripling every year, as you know, and, and many of the guests on your podcast are in that same situation, yeah. right? It's, it's uh, all the fun that goes along with it, some of the headaches, and some of that's amplified along the way when uh, when you're also manufacturing all the products that you're selling as well. So like I said, wow, so everything's, is everything made in Pennsylvania then? Yeah, absolutely. So all of our skis and snowboards, the entire lineup is made here in Pennsylvania. We have a supply chain that we source as close as possible with uh, the best quality raw materials that we can get. So local Pennsylvania poplar from 30 minutes away comes into a mill that's 10 minutes away from us as the cores for all of our snowboards, a supply chain that we've got really close control over. And we've been able to build out this really, what we like to think is world-class manufacturing facility here. You know, after the, uh, the early days at the, um, in the donkey stable, we were able to purchase what we're now on, we call the dub the snowboard farm, which is basically 30 acres where we've built out this manufacturing facility. It's, it's a rapid build manufacturing facility. And, and that's really at the core of, of what it is that we do is we don't build in massive quantities and then go through a, a retail chain to sell. We basically build on demand and we've built the company out of being able to take orders from people all over the world snowboards and skis that they can really feel like they're connected to as we build those snowboards and skis it's it's directly for somebody it's jordan your skis are going through the shop like here they are it's a halfway point right and and so here's, you know here's yeah 20 i was gonna say 2022 or the end of 2021 i'm gonna treat myself to some gilson's so i love it we'd love to build them for you absolutely <laughs> yeah so okay. it's yeah, I was going to say, Andrew, I, I, I'm super interested in hearing about one, one of the things that you and I have talked about that has been a huge part of your success is licensing. And it's something that we never really talked about on this podcast before. So I would love to hear about how that's helped with your growth. First, first, just talk to me a little bit about some of these licensing deals and kind of where that came from. Like, where, where did this idea come from in the snowboard world um, to license with the kind of brands that you have? Yeah. And, and I could go, you know, maybe I'll tease it first by saying, you know, fast forward to today and we've put together licensing deals with, you know, everybody from the great folks at Hasbro and Transformers and GI Joe and Monopoly to, um, you know, all 31 NHL teams and 30 major league baseball teams and bands like Slayer and Pink Floyd and ACDC. But, you know, if you go back chronologically, it's kind of uh, the progression for us is just really, it, it stayed, you know, I, I talked about that mantra of being really close to customers and that's really where it stems from is us just asking our customers what they want to see. And, and the more that we we see our customers just love and feel connected to the snowboards and skis that they're riding, it just makes them feel 
closer and closer to the product. So yeah. that obviously transitioned over to the graphics that are on those boards. And what started for us and, you know, everything from geographic based and artist based projects eventually led itself to licensing. So a, a good example there, Jordan, is even in your area here. And, and uh, I, I know that the listeners can't see this, but I'll pop a, a quick message over into the chat for you to, to take a look at. But we did a project with a BC-based artist, fantastic artist named Kate Zezel. And again, it's this theme of, can we get closer to the passion of our ski and ride community? And so, you know, some of these projects, it's kind of this space between, we we started seeing this large space between mass market and, and, you know, produce 30,000 of one design and custom, which is like, Jordan, you want your dog's uh, face on your on your pair of skis, right? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the middle, there's this space that's things that, that are kind of personalized. And that's really kind of what the licensing world is. It's, it's getting really close to your customers or something that they really want to see, whether that was, whether that's your I think I sent you the wrong link there, but uh, whether it was, that's cool, it was cool either way. Yeah, <laughs> that's <said> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but whether that was a geography that made people feel like, oh my goodness, like this snowboard really speaks to me. It's got the sea to sky highway on there. Mm-hmm. It shows all the intricacies of, of that trip. It feels like I'm going from Vancouver all the way up to Whistler and, and, you know, and people felt really connected with it. And the more that we did projects like that, and and kept in touch with our community and asked them what they want to see. You'd hear them say, oh, you know, wouldn't it be cool? I'm a collector of Transformers. I would love to see you guys do a Transformers board. And that's kind of how things kicked off is just really listening to the customers. And I think at the heart of licensing to me, it's really about, you know, you've got your set of folks that love what you're doing. And then you've got the the greater set that you, you know, haven't heard about you yet. They haven't heard your story, but they're going to love it when they do. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, when you have that overlap between those two circles for you and whatever brand you're working with, you've got the start of something. And that that's where it really starts. Do you have folks that are really going to be interested in both what you're doing and are fans of fill in the blank? And that's, that's the amazing thing, right? What, what I love about licensing deals and why I think that they're so powerful is you're, you're taking their brand equity and adding it to your brand, right? Like Transformers is saying, to people, they have enough confidence in you and in your product that they're going to be okay. And you're obviously paying them a kickback, but like they're, they're okay transferring some of that equity over into you, which is incredible, right? Like it's absolutely incredible to be able to do deals like that and still be profitable at the same time. Right. And it's just a win-win for their brand and for your brand. Absolutely. There's, you know, there's, there's no doubt that there's this halo effect from both sides, right? The, the more, the closer, the, the, the closer you are in size to the, to the companies that you're working with, right? That halo effect becomes kind of uh, uh, similar, but a brand like Transformers that's known all around the world that has just amazingly passionate fans, right? It can, in the scheme of things, sometimes help speed up the sales process, right? You've got someone that loves uh, a particular Transformer and they see the snowboard for the first time and, and they can feel that connection. And then it's almost used sometimes as a, as a bit of a acquisition channel. And then on the back end is where we we actually have to tell the Gilson story and really yeah. wow them with our customer service and, and show them how this is a handcrafted product. And my goodness, you're getting updated all along the way at how this thing is built. And by the time you get it, you, you already loved it when you bought it. But by the time you get it, you say, my goodness, I didn't know that this was built just for me. Right. And I think that's the cool part for us. Oh, that's super cool. Hey, you know, we don't have tons of time today, but what I would love is for you to walk me through how you get a licensing deal. 
Because I think licensing, in my opinion, is one of those black boxes, right? Of like, how do you do it? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I've got people in our mastermind who have gotten massive licensing deals all around the world. And from what I've heard, I'm like, okay, so what's the formula? He's like, there isn't. You just have to find people <laughs> and then start talking to them. So can you walk me through like one of your bigger licensing deals and how you did it? Because I'd love to just know like just a couple steps that people can at least just try, right? Just try, guys, try that. After Andrew tells us, just try and fail. It's fine. Yeah. So I'd love to say it's overly complicated, but I mean, I think step one is you figure out what would be a great brand to work with? What, what do my customers want to see? Who would they love to see me do a collab with? And we ask our customers those kinds of questions all, all the time, whether it's here or, you know, in a market like Australia or wherever we're working. And, you know, we, we listen, right? And, and that's the start. And once we hear a loud enough, hey, you know, we would love to see a Slayer snowboard. Well, yeah. well, great. Well then, okay. So let's go move on to the next step. And I think you start doing the old fashioned research and trying to figure out, okay, who's going to be the best contact uh, from a licensing perspective here. What is that job? The right- is there a job title with that? Or like, like, like who are you looking for exactly? Yeah. So generally, you know, if you're talking about a band, there's generally a licensing company that's uh, involved in all of that. So all the merchandise and things like that, not typically all that difficult to find, right? Because they're they're part of a big label. Yeah. And they've made businesses out of being able to merchandise products from these uh, these great properties, right? So yeah. if, if it's on that side, if it's a brand, you know, you, you start out in anywhere in the marketing department. And, and I think, you know, if, if, as long as there is a connection and it, it's, it helps, obviously, if it's obvious, right? And, and, and oh, man, this is a no brainer and, and we should do this. Sometimes it, it takes a little storytelling on your own of why it's going to be a great fit. But, you know, I would say that as you get into the brands, someone like, uh, you know, Hasbro, for instance, right, with uh, great properties, like, you know, they've got 50 properties, maybe, right, things like uh, Transformers and and G.I. Joe, like I mentioned. But I think you just start where you can. And and it's not a there's not a, a big secret other than the fact that if you feel strongly enough that there really is a good connection and you know your customers are going to love it. I'd, I'd say be be persistent and ask around. You can get to the right place relatively easily. And uh, so that would be step two. And then, you know, step three is there's no shortage of brands that want to do deals, especially when you have the, the larger brands out there, right? There's no shortage of smaller brands that want to do deals with them. So I think there there's, you really, you have to have a, a bit of an established business by the time you're, you're getting there, if you really want to get to the door of the larger companies. And, and I think the more that you prove that a licensing model works for you, the easier it becomes because you've got that history to be able to point to, to say, Hey, like we've done a great job with, you know, these four companies. And we think that we do a great job with you as well. Are these deals generally like percentage-based deals or is this like a flat fee? Like what, what does that look like? Yeah, I, I think that the answer there is is just we've we've probably done twenty licensing deals over the last uh, two or three years, and and they're all different, right? They, it, it depends on, and so there's there's no secret answer there either. There's it's a lot just of a ways. negotiation. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to put together a licensing deal. I mean, there's you know terms that you you probably want to be used to if you're uh, getting into the licensing world is is things like you know minimum guarantees and royalty rates, right? That, that's basically saying, hey, we know that we're going to be able to produce 
X and we know we were able to sell that much uh, product. And, uh, you know, a percentage of that is, is going to go to, to the licensor or the brand that you're working with. But, you know, those are the main dials that you turn. And I think for us, you know, it's just for us, it's always about staying super centric to that customer and understanding that like, you know, the customer is first and the things they want to see. And, you know, we follow what we hear and, and we stay close to that. Oh, that's awesome. That is so great. Well, I hope everyone who's listening to this gets some ideas, right? Of like the types of brands that may be, you know, maybe a good idea for you to partner with, right? Brands that have some equity, but have a similar type of customer. I just love, yeah, I love this idea. I just love the idea of partnering either way, right? Finding different brands to partner with, find what you're good at, what they're good at and put it, put them together. And generally good things happen when you do that. And it helps when it's organic, right? I mean, I think that's where we try to we try to keep it there as well. And and uh, you know, when it feels really good, those are the those are the projects that that work really well. You know, when when they're when it really feels like it's a natural progression, you meet somebody that's in business, or you meet people all the time, and people that are on your show, and you know, maybe there's a connection between uh, one of the folks that that you've listened to on the podcast, and you reach out to, right? I think that there, like there, there's no shortage of ways to connect with people, and and I know that you know I've found a ton of value from your podcast over the last year, and uh, you know, some of that has just been interesting getting to meet some of the folks that have been on your show because it's just cool to hear their stories. Yeah, well, I mean, for for myself, it's incredible what this podcast. I mean, the, you'll be episode 180, I think, probably something like that. And and what had it, what what it's done relationship wise for us, right? Of being able to to meet incredible people like yourself, right? In and that have all of these different things that they do. You know, I've been talking a little bit about on this uh, podcast. You know, with a couple acquisitions we're doing right now, and really all I'm thinking of is like, hey, I've got a friend over here who does this. Amazing, a friend over here who does this. So if you're like a you know founder CEO, that that is a huge part of your role in your company, right? Is is building those relationships and those partnerships because it's gets to the point where one plus one equals fifty, right? When you really put put them together, and that's what I love. I, I think that it's as long as it's a win win for both sides and you're not taking advantage of each other, right? It's it's incredible, Andrew. I, I gotta ask you the question I ask everybody: What yeah. is your secret to scaling? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think I would say don't be afraid to look outside of your own industry and don't stick your head in the sand. It's kind of a two-part answer, right? But we always challenge ourselves not to just look at yeah, skiing and snowboarding or the outdoor industry in general, right? Take notes of, of companies you love doing business with all over the place, you know, e-commerce companies that are really doing things well. When you get a email that you say, oh, this was really well put together, take steal from it, right? I think that's, I think that's it's great to not feel like you're in that box, and then the second part of that is we all have things we're doing really well and then things that we're doing poorly. And, and sometimes it's, it's easy to kind of gloss over that, that latter half. And, uh, yeah. but I, I would just say, you know, you're going to have problems early on in the middle as you, as you continue to grow the business, just keep addressing those product problems head on and good things are going to happen from it. Uh, that's great. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, we're going to move on to our lightning round here. Right. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? This isn't going to be super helpful to the audience, but uh, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't say it's the truth. Uh, shout out to our CIO who has built just an incredible ERP system for us, a homegrown ERP. Oh, when okay. We, when we tried to source one and they were either too expensive or didn't meet the needs. So he said, yeah, I'll build it. And it's been truly the backbone of our business. So that is absolutely our uh, my go-to tool. 
Well, I can imagine, especially doing all your own manufacturing, that is super important. <laughs> Absolutely. And keeping, you know, us, uh, me on the sales and marketing side and, and customer front in the know at what's going on and where we are in the build process, et cetera. It's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Hey, that's fine. I mean, that <laughs> might give people ideas of maybe places that they need, <laughs> need some help. Yeah. And if it's not out there, build it yourself, right? Or have it built. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking at our core brands, we we have nothing. We have absolutely nothing. It's just spreadsheets. Nothing's connected. It's uh... that was that was us three three years ago, and we we started looking around, and it's it's wild what we've built, and now we have uh, we have folks come in to just take a look and and do tours of the shop, and they say, well, what is this program? We, we've actually white labeled it and sold it to some of our vendors just because you know they they've said you've got to let us have it because uh, so it's been it's been a kind of an interesting what turned into another line of business actually, but really the core was just. Uh, what we want to do for ourselves. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, that's how most businesses start. You build it for yourself and then people are like, hey, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Can I buy one? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Favorite podcast or audio book that you're listening to right now? You know, I'm, I'm not trying to give you a big head on the podcast side, but it's truly Secrets of Scaling has been my favorite podcast over the over the past year. So I, I take a ton of value from it. So I, I hats off to you on that one. Audiobook. That's uh, so nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, the amount of hours that I put into this podcast, I just appreciate that so much. <laughs> Particularly as a as a you know as, as a partner in a company that's in the stage that you know so many of the folks that you talk to are I mean everyone that on your show is right in the thick of things so it's it's cool to hear you know what's going on in the trenches in their businesses as well and then on the you know, other side of audiobook there's I've got a go to little book that I I go to all the time called the Holy Man uh, by Susan oh. Trot if you've never read it I, I'd say give it a it's a super quick read and okay. more of a life lesson type book but it's uh, you know it's the type of thing you could read once a year and and just feel good about it awesome awesome we'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well last question for you Andrew okay. if you could sit down with anybody for an hour they have to be alive have some coffee tea beer wine who would it be Whew. yeah you know I might say <laughs> I'm a big basketball fan. I grew up playing basketball. Uh, the Utah Jazz were my team growing up. And yeah. I've never gotten to meet John Stockton. Seems like a super interesting guy that's, uh, you know, hearing about both his playing days. And and I, I take so many parallels between sport and business. And, you know, I oh, yeah. played sport, sports my whole life. But when you're leading a team, it's just just really interesting to, to hear your perspective, especially as somebody who is more of a facilitator on the court. I think it would be really cool to talk to him about his perspective between sport and business and, and what that's uh, done for the rest of his professional non-playing career. That's a great answer. I love seeing the the... Um, some of these sports stars who have really made it in business. Like we've, we've got local ones like Steve Nash, you know, is a local guy around here who like, he just owns everything. I'm like, yeah. man, he's just done incredible. And then same, like on the hockey side, Trevor Linden has, has done really similar things. And it's like, it's so cool to see them transition out of sports into something else. Right. And, mm-hmm. and really use the leverage that they have. Yeah. Super, super interesting to me. There's like a million names I'm sure we could name that are like, Whoa, it's amazing what they've done. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, Hey, Andrew, I appreciate your time so much. Thanks so much for coming on here. Where can people find out more about you and more about Gilson? 
Yeah, Gilson is is easy at gilsonsnow.com. Follow us at at Gilson Snow on any of the social channels, uh, Instagram particularly. And myself, Andrew Bukowski on LinkedIn's probably the easiest one. And and uh, like many of the folks on the show, I'm, I'm happy to connect with folks, uh, particularly folks that are in the trenches and businesses just like ours. It's always great to trade stories and and uh, would love to connect with you. The e-commerce brands and direct-to-consumer brands doing fun things in similar spaces. So easy to get to. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for your time. Thanks, Jordan. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.